0: This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Thursday, November fifteenth, 2012. I'm Caleb Brown. Our neighbor to the south, Mexico, has been ravaged by a war on drugs that has claimed some 60,000 lives in the last few years. And yet American politicians rarely talk about it. Cato Institute scholar Ted Galen Carpenter is author of the new Cato book, The Fire Next Door, Mexico's Drug Violence and the Danger to America. We spoke yesterday. The presidential debate featured... No reference, none whatsoever to a very problematic war going on in Mexico and that is a little spilled over a little bit into the United States, but no mention at all yeah it's absolutely
1: astonishing in mexico we've had an armed conflict that has taken roughly sixty thousand lives over the last six years. This is happening on our border, yet Mexico in general and the drug violence there in particular, did not merit a single sentence in the presidential debate in
0: the United States supposedly devoted to foreign policy. That is absolutely amazing. Give us a picture of what is actually going on and what has been going on for a long time in Mexico. There's been an escalation of drug-related
1: violence really over the past decade, but it became acute uh, six years ago when Felipe Calderon became... President of Mexico, he decided to have a military-led offensive against the drug cartels to really smash the cartels. That strategy has backfired totally. The cartels are as powerful as ever. In some cases, they are more powerful than before. They, for example, uh, operate rather extensively in the city of Monterrey, uh, Mexico's leading industrial city. This was a city that was considered the most peaceful city, not just in Mexico, but the peaceful, most peaceful large city in all of Latin America just six or seven years ago. Today, it is a war zone. And this strategy has simply escalated the level of violence without damaging
0: the cartels in any meaningful way. I remember in the run-up to the presidential election in 2012, this might have been in 2010 or 2011, Newt Gingrich appeared on one of the Sunday talk shows. And his assessment of what was going on in Mexico was basically that these cartels are at war with the police in Mexico. And it seemed to me just a complete misunderstanding of what actually is going on. The police, were they to just get out of the way, probably would not be harmed. And uh, the fact that the United States policy has been driven by that kind of thinking uh, doesn't give me a lot of hope that uh, anything's going to change. The cartels are primarily at war with each other, trying to control the
1: very profitable drug trafficking routes into the primary consumer market, the United States. The Mexican government injected itself into that war and has now become a major party in the conflict. Before Calderon, the Mexican government basically had an implicit agreement with the various cartels. Keep the level of violence within bounds and we will not interfere unduly with your commerce. Uh, That agreement essentially broke down with Calderon coming to power. And now instead of just having periodic crackdowns on the cartels, mainly to satisfy the United States and the pressure coming from Washington, Calderon uh, had a a serious offensive directed against the, the drug trafficking organizations. They responded in turn by defending themselves and launching more and more attacks on Mexican security forces, both police
0: and the Mexican military. So this has now turned into a low-grade civil war. One of the chief tools of diplomacy that the United States has used for a very long time is writing big checks. And it's often worth it for governments to accept those checks and then pursue some particular uh, strategy to deal with some sort of problem, a US-directed solution often to, to a problem. But it can't possibly be worth it for the uh, Mexican government to continue to sort of do the bidding of the United States. The Mexican government was very happy to accept aid funds from the United
1: States to wage a war on drugs. The latest installment was the so-called MERIDA initiative concluded between President George W. Bush and President Calderon. That is a multi-billion dollar, multi-year initiative Which has provided hardware to Mexican police and uh, the military and provided a degree of financial aid to the Mexican government. But uh, the U.S. has really asked Mexican authorities to do the impossible. The drug trade itself is so incredibly profitable. We're talking about a global industry that is at least $300 billion a year, some estimates even as high as $500 billion a year. The Mexican share of that is a minimum of $35 billion, and again, could be as high as $60 billion a year. That is an incredibly profitable trade. There are going to be drug traffickers who are willing to take whatever risks are necessary to secure a portion of that very lucrative trade. The profit margins, because drugs are illegal, the profit margins are enormous, uh, roughly 90 percent of the retail price of drugs in the United States. When you're talking about tens of billions of dollars at stake, uh, the rivalry gets very violent indeed. We have because of our prohibition policy in the United States, uh, converted Mexico into a uh, a war zone. There is uh, a conflict
0: there that is causing an immense tragedy to the Mexican people. President Obama's drug czar, Gil Kerlikowsky, had famously said, we're dropping the drug war metaphor uh, very little substantively has changed with respect to policy. Is there any hope in an Obama second term that we might see some stepping down, some sort of uh, understanding that, in fact, the US government is asking the Mexican government to do the impossible? Although the Obama administration uh, dropped the drug war metaphor, that's about
1: all it did drop. The policies remained basically the same As what we had with previous US administrations. How much of that was due to uh, President Obama perceiving that it would be politically uh, disadvantageous to adopt a more liberal attitude on drug policy and how much reflects his sincere belief that prohibition is the correct strategy, now we're likely to see. Now that he doesn't have to worry about reelection, if there is an opportunity for a more enlightened drug policy both here in the United States and internationally, something that would have a major beneficial impact on Mexico, um, he now has the ability to do that. He does not have to worry about the political pressures
0: anymore to the extent that he did leading up to the election. And and specifically with respect to Mexico, what what should U.S. policy be and to what extent should the United States be trying to direct or cajole Mexico into any particular policy avenue? One of the great tragedies was that the United
1: States government fully backed President Calderon's strategy, his confrontational approach to the cartels. And that has been asking Mexico to do the impossible, to suppress a vastly profitable trade. Mexico has not been able to accomplish that any more than other drug source countries have been able to do so. We need to stop asking Mexico to do the impossible. The United States is the largest single consumer of illicit drugs. Our prohibition policy with regard to drugs hasn't worked any better than the prohibition policy with regard to alcohol worked in the 1920s. We need to reconsider that whole approach. Prohibition merely enriches the drug cartels, empowers them, it enables them to pose a major threat to the security of the Mexican state. If we abandon prohibition, we essentially defund the drug cartels. They would have a major hit to their revenues, to their financial resources. That would greatly reduce their power, the threat they pose to the Mexican government and Mexican society. And it would enable Mexico to focus on its economy, on the development of legal enterprises, the
0: United States would stop causing horrific problems for its southern neighbor. Two states now have effectively legalized marijuana for adults, something that even ten years ago was probably unthinkable for most people, but it does reflect an attitude change about marijuana at least. What hope do we have that that might lead to rethinking prohibition of drugs in general.
1: Attitudes about the drug war, and especially attitudes about marijuana, are changing dramatically, both here in the United States and internationally. Internationally, you're finding more and more present and former leaders willing to challenge Washington's approach to the drug issue. They're beginning to speak out, they're beginning to advocate a far more realistic and humane policy than drug prohibition. Here in the United States, at least with marijuana, there appears to be a trend in public opinion in favor of decriminalization, in favor of legalization. The ballot initiatives that uh, were victorious in both Colorado and Washington are tangible signs of that change in public attitude. Public opinion polls reflect the same change in attitude A Gallup poll in late 2011 showed 50% of respondents in favor of legalizing marijuana, only 46% opposed, and solid majorities among both Democrats and Independents in favor of legalization. Younger respondents clearly in favor of legalization. A recent Rasmussen poll showed much the same thing. The understanding that the United States is not winning the war on drugs by overwhelming majorities, people recognize that. And that means the public is probably receptive to a change in strategy in the direction of greater tolerance, in the direction ultimately of legalization at least of marijuana and having an honest discussion about options with regard to harder drugs.
0: Ted Galen Carpenter is author of The Fire Next Door, Mexico's Drug Violence and the Danger to America. You can get your copy or watch a forum for the book at Cato.org.